Hi, welcome back. This is Two Sober Chicks. I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And today we are live at Manresa. And Julie, you want to tell us a little bit about Manresa since you organized this event? So Manresa is a Jesuit retreat house and right next door to it is a retirement um, home for the Jesuits. And there are retreats that are held here several times a year. We are here for one of the women's 12-step retreats. And so we're recording live from Manresa. That's super exciting. And while we were here, um, one of our facilitators uh, inspired me and with one of her topics today. So I thought it would be a great one for us to talk about. And it was powerlessness. How is it a gift? Because she said it was a gift. So I wanted to talk about our thoughts. So before we begin, we also wanted to just say that obviously, yes, both Julie and I have experience uh, in these matters. And uh, we do talk a lot about AA, but we do not represent AA or any other organization or institution. Um, we are just simply sharing our experience, strength and hope with you, a fellow sufferer. So I love this topic because without powerlessness, I would never have gotten sober. I had to be brought to my knees in order to seek help outside of myself. That's exactly what I'd written down. No. Yeah, look, being brought to my knees and admitting defeat was the only reason I became open to a higher power. I literally have my hands in the air. I'm doing a dance in my chair. <laughs> okay, continue. So good. So on the same page. Yep. This is why I'm a sister way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, because I was living so much in my own ego and my own will that unless that was taken away from me and my life was completely unmanageable, which is part of the first step, mm. um, admitted we were powerless and that our lives had become unmanageable, um, without that gift of that surrender point or that bottom or that admission of powerlessness, I never would have reached outside of myself for something. And in my volunteer work at a rehab when family members bring their loved ones in who are struggling with addiction and they ask me how they can help, I often tell them, do not rob someone of that moment of powerlessness because that is that critical point in time where someone realizes I need to do something else and they have to hit that themselves. You can't give someone that. Like for me, no one could have told me to get help and I would have gone, you know what? You're absolutely right. I had to ha hit maximum suffering in order to reach outside myself. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen um, countless family members continue to rescue and save people. And I think what they don't realize is that they're not rescuing and they're not saving the people. They are um, prolonging uh, their illness. They're prolonging their disease by enabling them to stay stuck. Because as long as you're around picking up after them and picking up the pieces, then they don't have to. You know admit defeat they don't have to come to their knees but like you and I have both discovered that that definitely is what um, helped open up our minds for me I was not open to a higher power um, uh, I think we've talked about this before I felt that uh, a god of my understanding I was brought up in a in a united church so my father was Presbyterian my mother was Anglican so of course we went to the united church uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one area my father got to win um, and so, you know, I was forced to go to church and then I heard some uh, really bad messages growing up from that church about um, homosexuality and being gay. And I thought, wow, I don't really want to be here anymore. Um, I'd also had some traumatic events in my life that took place. And uh, I kept wondering, where were you? Why didn't you protect me from this? Um, 
I can remember back to being a child and hearing that song, uh, God Sees the Little Sparrow Fall, and feeling like I was the little sparrow, but he didn't see me fall. Yeah, and, like really, <laughs> he was a sad child. <laughs> so I felt like God had not been there for me. Um, so when I came to AA and they said, you know, um, admitting complete defeat, admitting powerless, you're powerless over things, and then the only thing that's going to help you out is a power greater than yourself. And guess what? They started to call it God, and I didn't like that. So I dug my heels in, and for years I did everything but the spiritual side of the program. Um, and I am living proof that you're going to struggle, and uh, it doesn't really work for you. Uh, it's a whole package. So I had to become open, and the only way I became open um, was continuing to try it my way for years and still suffering and staying stuck and being miserable and getting to that point where I said, okay, I give up. I can't do this anymore. And my sponsor reminded me of the two things that I was asked when I came in. Uh, one is, um, are you willing to go to any lengths? And the other one was, are you willing to follow the suggestions? And what he meant by that was the 12 steps. And so I said, yes, finally. And it started with that simple, well, then I want you to pray. You don't have to believe in anything just yet. Just start asking for help. And that opened up uh, probably for the first time a little um, channel of humility because I was starting to accept that I couldn't do it on my own. And I think that's what powerlessness is for me. Um, it's a gateway to true humility. Because mm. I, I always thought, oh, I got this. I can do this on my own. But I couldn't. I knew I couldn't. I was struggling. And I certainly couldn't put drinking on my own or doing drugs on my own. Um, and it took a power greater than myself. And it just started with that, that willingness. As you were talking, I just have to tell you that you look really attractive in that hat. It's a Thank little you. bit distracting. <laughs> and on another note, I just have to tell you I love you in that hat. Thank so you. inappropriate. We're talking about spirituality. Focus. Um, <laughs> That's such a random thought. I love you, Julie. I love you. Thank you. So uh, what is really amazing that I've learned in this program is that our true power comes from giving it away. I am no longer powerless. But once I give that power away to a power greater than myself, I then receive power through that shift. And we often say in this program, I am powerless over people, places, and things, which is entirely true. Is that, you also have that on the card, don't I you? do, that's oh my gosh. We are so simpatico. <laughs> zing, zing. That's our, that should be a sound effect. Whenever we're in simpatico, we go, zing. Love it. Um, uh, I know that working with first, la first line, first responders mm -hmm. uh, in treatment, this is a particularly horrible concept. Um, I have received actually a lot of anger and aggression, uh, specifically for men in the military that say, I'm sorry. You think I'm powerless? Oh, they see it as a sign of weakness. It's a hard one, and I get it. I mm -hmm. get it. And there are two aspects to the step one, which the first is powerlessness. The second is unmanageability. So for some of us, the powerlessness thing is no big deal, like me. The unmanageability part is like, well, I'm sorry, but I function pretty well. I made dinner every night. I took care of my husband and my stepdaughter, and I picked up the dry cleaning and walked the dog and paid the bills and managed the properties. So I had to wrap my head around the unmanageability part of it, but powerless was pretty easy for me to assume but now I know that doing things not in my own power in partnership with my higher power to co-create a beautiful healthy life of recovery is really where I can start to harness things for myself and it's when we're in service that we have that beautiful combination of connecting to God to help our fellow man that the power is like at its 
Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a the apex, I think, is the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. It just comes to like this beautiful point where the union of God and man comes together to help serve others. I can't do that on my own. It's just not within me. So that's why powerlessness, is, like you wrote right here, how is it a gift? It's like the ultimate gift. It's the time that the divine can get in. I like the little image that um, Mildred described today about, you know how when you're a baby, you have your soft the crown of your head yeah. so that you can come through the canal. And, uh, and then, of course, it, it fuses together over time. But sometimes there's a little tiny hole in the top of your head still. I know there's a hole in my head for sure. Um, and she said, imagine that um, that God's light and strength and power is channeling down into into the top of your head. I just like that image. I know it wasn't exactly worded that way, but I really did like that image. And yes. Well, I think she said, if you imagine every day you have this hole in the top of your head and you get dropped in like a hundred, I think she said energy points. Yes. And at the, you can choose to use those hundred energy points however you want throughout the day. So you can choose to use 50 of them to be angry at someone else and to yell at someone. And then you have 50 left over and you can choose to do 75 for yourself. I, I know 50 and 75 going out to 100, <laughs> add up to 100. That's <laughs> <laughs> <I was> worried. <laughs> but um, anyways, her point being is if you have that many energy units, what are you going to use? Where are you going to channel that? And how is it going to come back to you and go out into the world? And she was talking about, we are energy beings. We are not our bodies. I love that so much. What kind of energy are you embodying? Are you drawing people in? Are you repelling people? Are you being what other people want to be or see or emulate? Or are you a force for your own darkness coming out into the world? Yeah. And I really like that because it made me say, what energy am I embodying? I want to be the energy of love and compassion and acceptance. But I can very easily be an energy of judgment um, dislike, dishonor, deception. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have this amazing program that keeps us in check. And when do you feel um, more in power uh, versus powerless? When you are trying to force your will on other people, when you are judging other people, do, does it make you feel more powerful? It's a false sense of power. But I think if you really listen to that energy inside, you will feel that it's a void. It's negative. It doesn't feel good. It's not a good feeling. It doesn't make me feel powerful. Yeah, a false sense of power. So that's the other thing that I had said too. Um, in order, uh, accepting that I am powerless over others helps me to be in right relation with God and in right relation with other people. Because yes, my default setting is to judge you because then I think that maybe I'll feel better about myself if I'm putting other people down. Um, it'll, it'll give me some sort of power, but it doesn't. It does exactly the opposite. So when I'm in right relationship to God, I'm focusing on what I think God's will is for me instead of what I want out of life. All right. That's good. We're at, uh, we're at the 10-minute mark, so I guess we'll wrap it up. From Manresa. We love you. Thank you for listening. I'm Lisa. Still Julie. And we're two sober chicks. Drop us an email sometime if you have a topic suggestion at the number two sober chicks at gmail.com. <laughs> 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 <laughs>